lot of us learn the the lessons the hard way and see sometimes like for example i could look at my father and see not from a super young age but as i've grown up a bit i completely recognize what alcohol and pharmaceutical pills do to a person and i didn't have to learn that lesson the hard way i could learn from his experience but then there's other things like porn, for example. I didn't know what it was doing to me for a long time until I really started to become hyper aware of smaller aspects, smaller details. And it's interesting. It definitely is. It's always about that awareness when you start off. You know, oftentimes it's things like drugs, alcohol, and porn always try to kind of keep you uh, kind of muddled, not having you thinking about that. That's when you get that, uh, we call that unplugging from the matrix. You're like, whoa, what's going on here? Something's wrong. I see one of the biggest things that bother me and what I see that holds back most people is the muddling, the avoiding of their emotions. So many individuals are just not in touch with their true feelings and that happens through the constant distractions that we have going on everywhere and the the sooner we recognize what are we doing each day that's wasting our time like whether it's netflix or spending time with toxic individuals in horrible environments or just going to the bar to numb and suppress your emotions there's there's millions of distractions but that that's one of the biggest things I see that holds people back is just distractions. In a distracting world where escapism is the norm. It's a good line. That is a good line. So tell me a little bit. How did this whole journey start for you? I I don't want to assume, but what happened to me was I just went through being so lost so aimless and i i had a rock bottom i know it's not like that for everyone but i'd love to hear a bit about how your journey began well surprisingly it kind of started with a little bit of a bet from a mentor of mine for affiliating for his quick porn program a man by the name of josh hudson on youtube pinnacle of man stuff like that person that uh introduced me to his little quick porn program he started to say, hey, you know, you want to affiliate for this program? I'm like, why not? Um, but I'm spending like hours talking about it to give you this, the rundown of it. I basically was looking around the Internet, trying to find ways to do affiliate marketing. Failed with shiny object syndrome with like dozens of programs that really didn't help me. So I stumbled upon this dude named uh, Chris something on YouTube and he introduced me to networking groups uh, for Twitter. And for the past like eight months, I just started going crazy on there. Over time, I was uh, starting to think about my own little vision and such. And the idea of liberated man came through, not just for quitting porn, but started thinking about lots of other things like about masculinity in general, the stuff I see on the media and, you know, how men are lost these days. And I was just thinking, no, that'd be really nice to start my own type of brand and stuff. And to be honest, Justin, it didn't really 100% take off till I met uh, my mentor on Twitter by the name of Alexandra Powell, who taught me how to do threads and all this stuff. And from there, just been me going on this journey, 
that people have been following me on as I'm trying to set my own name out here, show people, show men how to be more accountable, you know, like fathers in the family and all that, not watching porn, being more responsible, going for family instead of just the escapist hedonistic lifestyle. And I'll, all the while myself just dealing with my own addictions and the like, and you're basically just seeing the it in progress right now. See, I love that point that you, you say about your own addictions, like everything that we should, that we tweet about ideally should just be us reminding ourselves. That's what, what I'm doing because sure. I, I definitely have grown a lot and I, I see where I came from, but at the same time, we need these reminders consistently. And something I like a lot about putting a message out there is it raises our own accountability because sure, when it's just us doing our own thing, we have reasons and motivation, but when we're, we're putting a message out there, it's like you have, you feel so much more inclined to live up to your word. And I didn't foresee that. Um, and then another thing that I really like about it is sure it, it's cool to better yourself for yourself, but when you tie it to a bigger reason, knowing that if you show up every day, you, you do what you need to do every day, you're actually going to raise up others with you. That's just so much more inspiring for me. I agree with you on that, Justin, especially with the fact is that accountability really does help. I mean, you know, if I relapse, I'm like, you know, I could just sit down and go into the spiral for months and months. But I'm like, yo, man, I, you know, I got a bunch of people that are following me on Twitter. What would they say if I was like, you know what? Screw this. I give up. Let's not do anything anymore. Doesn't set a good example. Because that accountability, that's one of the greatest powers I've learned from being online. Especially when you have mentors and people looking up to you. You know, it makes you have a sense of responsibility. Actually, it's like what Elliot Hulse said, I recall once um something about hierarchy like you have people to look up to to give you hope but people that look up to you to give you responsibility i like that a lot see it um i that's something that is so instrumental for anyone to grow like the only reason i'm able to have a message at all is because the people that i look up to those people let me list a few there's a guy actualize.org on youtube he's very good um jordan peterson he he really is like a father figure to me because my father going down the road that he went down he didn't teach me jack shit. and you know that's okay because i think i needed i needed that i guess or i've at least learned how to turn that into um something that builds me rather than something i complain about but the, the point is we really need people to look up to and we need to teach others. That's like, I feel a human is meant to be of service. And when those above us are teaching us, they're doing their job. And when we're being leaders ourselves, we get that fulfillment and meaning and a life void of meaning is just, it's not good. Couldn't agree with you more on that, Justin. I mean, I mean, a life void of meaning, we're just going to naturally go to anything that gives us any sort of feeling, be it vice, drugs, alcohol, pornography, complete hedonism. That's just how we're designed, I guess. 
when you give a man some purpose and meaning and a accountability to other people, they start to grow. Maybe that's what we need more of these days, more accountability to be a leader for people. See, the, this hedonism topic is interesting, like how life is counterintuitive. But when you're younger, you don't understand. It's it's the pleasure that seems like it's the purpose to life, just casual sex and chase money, chase money without any depth, no real reason, just to buy that thing to impress that person. And then you, as I've grown, I come to realize, well, it's actually the hard things in life that bring feelings of goodness, lasting feelings of goodness. See, the pleasures are, they're wonderful in the moment, but then I'm left with shame, guilt, and regret. And I'm like, what's going on here? Why is life so counterintuitive? But I guess that's just how it is. I, I have no idea why it's the way it is. Shoot, man, I'm not even sure myself. I don't know if it's due to the hormones like dopamine or something. I know that the longer I get away from pornography, that starts to feel exactly like you say. I'll go after the hard things, and it just feels meaningful to me. Cheap, pleasurable things, you just feel absolutely, completely miserable. I'm sure that's probably how some people feel like when they succeed in winning the woman or they, get, they go for that job promotion. I guess it's just simply because of the fact that we're designed for simply going after challenges and succeeding. I guess it's just a primal conquer mindset. I'm no psychologist or anything, but just feels like the more right thing to do. Heck, I feel good uh, going a month of writing threads on Twitter, but I'll feel absolutely miserable. Like yesterday, if I go eat some KFC or something, I feel horrible. You know, I go to the gym for a month, feel good. All these hard things, I don't know why. Maybe it's just how we're designed. That's way back to when our ancestors had to do these things just to survive. But maybe, I don't know, it's just a God-blessed hormones or something. It's it's no simple conclusion. It's definitely something very complex and deep. What, what I wrote down is adventure. I think we need... I, I listened to this video yesterday that... And the guy was speaking about four phases of life. How in one season, we're kind of in limbo. We don't know what we're doing. We're aimless. We're kind of just in a resting stage where we're we have no idea what we're supposed to be doing and then we get to the next stage where we're figuring things out we're getting a little bit of momentum still kind of confused but we at least have some general aim something that we're kind of working toward or something attracting us a little bit uh, installing some meaning and then the third phase is like okay, we know what we want to do. And now it's just about really executing on the ideas that we have figured out. For, for this example, it would be staying consistent with the gym and eating the right food and making sure that we don't indulge in the instant gratification and the pleasures because we know or we've clearly identified that those are not the path that we want to go. And this is just um, a very shallow example. But then like the fourth stage would be when we're kind of, we've reached that peak. So the third stage, it leads up to a peak and we're feeling really good. But then we have to understand that peak isn't sustainable. 
And then we go into this fourth stage of kind of the end, like figuring out, okay, what is this new challenge? What's the new vision that we're working toward? And the guy, I, I wouldn't say I butchered the four phases, but I just tried to put an hour and a half video into a couple minutes and that's the best I could do. But the man who really explains this in the video, he, he is so wise. It's, it's mind blowing, but the phases, how he says phase one through four goes, it's like a five to 10 year span. So we have multiple of these cycles throughout our lifetime. And I, I was just so interested by that because after I listened to the video, I could apply that to like my ages of 13 to 18. I could completely apply the four stages to that period of my life. And I, I was like dumbfounded. I know that was a lot, but what do you think about that? That would make a lot of sense, Justin, when you think about it. I mean, we are technically in a little stage. It's kind of like that baby stage of the first stage when you're a kid and stuff kind of just experimenting around. But, you know, after a while, eventually as, yeah, Greg Plitt, the late Greg Plitt said, you gotta kind of graduate in life, become, you know, instead of becoming the the person that depends on others, you eventually become the person that people can depend on. Now that does that, that's that uh, emotional need to contribute to others, which many people have lost these days. Yeah, see, it's so unfortunate that that is the reality. And I like to speak a lot on that idea of the meaning crisis. And that kind of leads me to what what would you give, what advice or guidance? I don't even like that word. What have you done in your life that kind of allowed you to start contributing to others? Was it, yeah, yeah, I'll leave it like that. What what did you do to start contributing to others? What was like that first initiation that really motivated you, that inspired you to start sharing? Believe it or not, it was just an act of selfishness. You know, I want to make money. I want to be popular and all that. Then after a while, you start seeing people's stories. Like, you know, for example, with porn, like, dude, I've been at this for like 10 years or my husband has been addicted to pornography and you know, it's ruining our marriage, stuff like that. I guess that uh, empathy just kind of kicks in. He's just like, dang, you know. I guess it's also just due to years of mentorship from good coaches. But well, once you start hitting that selfish part, you eventually hit that stage where you sit back for a second and just like, whoa, it's, this stuff is much bigger than me. I mean, I mean, I could just uh, throw a program out there and say, here, have this, and which is a great way to help, but. You know, after a while, you're just like, this ain't about just money. I mean, there's a lot of people here who really, really could use some help and are kind of looking up to me like, dang, I, I can't just do this all alone. Plus, you know, I have my upbringing, good father and good mother, you know, and, you know, taught me about values and all that. That's why it's good to have fathers and mothers in the home, you know, teaching you to think about other people, you know, get out of that childish mindset. Being older at 33, you're just like... Yeah, I do have my own selfish beliefs, but, you know, what really got me to contribute was simply just from life experience and getting in a good environment to see the perspectives of others, though I can be narrow-minded at times. Hey, I love how you ended that, because no matter how much inner work we do, 
it, we still can fall prone to mistakes and temptations. And see, I something that annoys me a lot is if I ever catch someone acting like they're perfect or acting like the journey is easy, oh, it's like, come on, man. You know that's not helping people at the beginning. That's just like destroying their their ability to want the see anything starts with desire so if we desire to become better and then you see someone acting like it's so easy it's it's just like undermining that younger youth's ability to get going and so what i what i was tangenting off of is the selfishness i'm beginning to realize this concept we have to be selfish first because if we don't have something ourselves, if we're not confident, proud of who we are, um, loving ourselves, then we can't share that with anyone. So you got to start with who you are. And sure, it might be selfish. You might have to really work on yourself in solitude or at least prioritize yourself for a couple years before you could start sharing things with other people. And that's just interesting to me. Now you kind of reminded me of this uh, one video from uh, Fearless Motivation on YouTube. They um they made a motivational video that really stuck with me. When they said, you know, people say you owe it to others to do this stuff and blah de da, but deep down at the base of it, that's not the truth. The truth is you owe it to yourself, not for a selfish reason. But owing it to yourself to, for example, to set an example for others to follow. You know, that's why many people may think it's kind of selfish when a person may go to the gym more instead of hanging out with friends playing video games all day and stuff like that. But when you have a person rooted with a deeper cause that eventually extends beyond themselves, oftentimes you end up doing somewhat selfish things, but for the greater good. I learned the hard way. And... Well, tell me a little bit more about learning that the hard way. Did you not um, prioritize your own health, your own mindset for a long time? Oh, definitely. Let's, ignoring like the porn addictions for decades. Let's talk about like, for example, uh, going after women or something like that. When you should be you know, throwing money at them. When I should be throwing money at building a business or going after uh you know, trying to be a people pleaser my entire life. Here, mm -hmm. I'll do this and that for you and all of this without setting any sort of boundaries in life. Eventually, you just, you know, as you get older, you either, as my mentor said, you either become bitter or better. Luckily for me, I took kind of the better route where I'm just like, all right, all right, we, we got to step back and stop this codependent, needy mentality here and start working on myself. And it was like only a couple years back that I took it really seriously, like, okay, let's get these coaching programs. Let's get these workout ideas. Let's get this and that, you know, focused on all these things that are focused on myself so that I could become a better person. Like, even if it was for a selfish reason, it eventually would end up benefiting others more. And you can't really help someone build a foundation from a weak base yourself after all. The, uh so important to focus on the foundation i like the saying like if you build the castle on sand you know what's gonna happen we need to this is this is why i'm very passionate about the basic fundamentals i think that 
simple scales is definitely true. Like most, and, and I don't want to tangent on the school system because there's definitely some good, some bad, just like with everything in life. But holy shit, there's so much that they could be doing at in the school systems to help our minds at a younger age and of course a lot of this is due to shitty parents as well like parents who are just aimless not i love this saying if you're a parent and, and you're not chasing your dreams why would your kid chase their dreams like you're you're and then that correlates into the the fact that children emulate children don't listen so you, you mentioned leading by example earlier it's a very simple cliche, but is it false? No, leading by example is so simple, but not enough people do it. And like, like you mentioned, like I admitted to, we definitely make mistakes, but what it's more about is becoming aware. Okay. Admitting to yourself, not lying. Hey, I made a mistake. Let's get back on track. Hmm. That's the blessing of a good peer group as well. When you get with the right people, that's another thing that a lot of people will need these days. That's why I absolutely love my own peer group here. You know, joining with uh, like my mentor, Alexandra Powell, it's an accountability group. Like, Hey, you falling off on porn addiction. What's going on? Like, or actually have an accountability partner from my mentors program. You know, how's your day going? Having a hard time. Like you, you being accountable to what you got to do, man. Now, like they'll tell me like, Hey, Nick, uh, you working on this business? Like, how's that going? Did you do your work yet? Or did you go work out? Did you go out and socialize? You know, build each other up and such. Then you become the type of person that can contribute. But that's what I agree with you. The biggest problem is they don't teach that in school. As everybody says, I know it sounds cliche, but they don't teach to create leaders. They just teach to create mindless sheep. And I, I know, like, people, people might not want to hear that. But if we take this big, this honest look at the system, it is, it's not for individuals, it's for the the coddling of a mind to create an average and mediocre person. And you see, so many people get to the age of 27, 28. They've done what school has taught them to do. They get the corporate job. They have the degree. Then they find out, oh, I have no meaning in my life. What am I doing this for? And, and that's essentially either where your life turns bad and you, you really go down a worse path or you make that decision to self-reflect and figure out what are you going to do? What are your natural curiosities? Um, what did I write? I wrote self-discipline and brutal honesty. See, having that accountability partner, I'm a huge fan of. And we, I, I know we have different relationships with different people. I think you need someone who's going to be consistent at all the time, like consistent all the time there for you any moment. You also need that friend who will be brutally honest with you. That one who's going to tell you when, hey, did you do that workout today? Well, you need to, man. You can't be skipping that. And then third, you do need someone unconditionally loving, someone who will be there for you all the time. But 
this is that in the importance of relationships and connections but but then at the same time we we do need to have that good relationship with ourselves be able to really discipline ourselves and not depend on these relationships it's like i mentioned earlier isolation is the enemy of excellence but at the same time we should be able to do what we know we need to do alone so it's this nuanced situation it's not simple Oh, it isn't justice, Justin, but, you know, just, justice is kind of served there when I think about it, when you have a good mother and father that gives you all of those things, which I was mm -hmm. lucky to have, you know, father's discipline, mother's love, you know, that's what's, that's a, I can go off on a tangent all day about how we need good parents, you know, especially fathers back in the family, and then you'd fix everything up in like two generations, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I so agree. I think... Well, what what would you say to guide people to become better individuals and lead themselves to be better fathers? I think that's that's one of the most important things to me. I'm 23, but I, I want to be I, I'm preparing myself right now mentally to be a great leader of my family when, when that time comes. Ooh, that's going to be a lot of biases here. Thanks. Uh, thanks to having a good father, but. First thing I gotta say is, remember this above everything else. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need to be there for your children. You're not gonna know all the answers, not gonna have the best solutions, but the fact that you're there for them means a lot more than anything in the world. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the uh, insane amounts of fatherless homes, like there's a bunch of people being rolling stone, like, oh, uh, I just knocked up this one woman. I'm going to go in and out of prison or I'm going to be a weak father and spend my entire life uh, watching porn or sitting down, getting drunk all day and being abusive or negligent to my family. That's the, that's the first thing. Be present and there for your family. Second thing off is this, you know, get rid of them vices, man. You're setting an example. Another uh, third thing I want to emphasize is you have quite a lot more influence than you think, especially in their teenage years which is something I personally experienced from my father because he gave me a lot more knowledge when I was in my teenage years. You know, the things you do in your relationship, especially with your wife, and especially in your actions, will reflect on your children a lot more than you think. So if you got this generation of people saying, you know, a father saying, I hate your mother via hypergamy or something, or the mother saying men suck with radical hate group stuff, that's going to reflect on the kids. I mean, they're going to have trust issues. They're going to have all this hatred going on. And it's just going to destroy them. So as I mentioned, be present, be strong and always growing. And remember that all your actions influence your children. Those are the three most important facets or principles I'd like to give for fatherhood from a single dude who still wants to get in a relationship himself. Yeah. I, I love those points, really. The the one about being present, that one hits really deep because with the phone, see, we, we t <clears throat> technology is such a blessing, like absolutely allows us to out to to leverage our ability to change lives in a massive scale. But at the same time, we have we we have people who cannot walk down the street without staring at their phones. We, we have people who are continuously just 
wasting their potential scrolling through the content that is just bullshit content that does not help them at all i really i don't want a tangent too much but i stopped consuming short form content and it's helped me so much i still consume hour-long lectures i love that stuff but what i'm getting at is the average joe is so like you mentioned their attention span is so short that they can't be present. They don't know how to be present. And this is why I speak so much on awareness and mindfulness, because you, you cannot fix something that you don't notice can be improved. And yeah, what, what do you think about that? Strongly agree. That's that thing is a lot of people get kept in the dark about what their problem is. Kind of like, uh, what did that say in that movie? We don't know. It's funny how we don't know we have a problem until it's too late for us, for a lot of us, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's no big deal that I'm not, you know, smoking or drinking until you realize, ooh, I got lung cancer or liver cancer, or you know, hey, uh, this porn addiction is not a problem. Until you realize your family is completely destroyed and all of that, or you know, God forbid, you know, you neglect this personal issue you have and just hide it away, which is like repressed trauma. Till it comes back to bite you in some sort of way like somebody pull, says something that really hits the nerves and you just go off unexpectedly you know uh what was that saying man um that which you don't work on will like come and attack us or something like that or something mm -hmm. about like bandaging wounds yeah that's what it is you know you can't just keep bandaging the wounds you gotta address the issue it's just gonna fester and it's gonna become a problem in the long run that reminds me of, um, have you ever seen someone, let's say they have a truck and the back fenders are rusty and they just spray paint the fucking rust. I'm like, <laughs> the real solution is cutting the rust out and welding on some new steel or whatever material needs to be there. Not spray painting over rust. And this is like what most people are doing. They are using substances to numb themselves and suppress their feelings when so we've been talking a lot about problems. Now, I guess we can transfer and really focus on some solutions. And what I would say, first of all, is just be honest with yourself, recognize, I, I promise you that if you're feeling poorly right now, you can feel better. Life can be much better, but it's not going to be easy. What has to be done is you really have to take this honest, deep look at yourself, your life, your actions, your thoughts, and your energy levels, and just pick an area. Or do you do you want to build to build a better body? Because that's what started this whole personal development for me is being in physical shape and eating the right food so maybe start there but what do you think is a good domain for people to start with if they're just lost and they know that they could make their lives better but they're kind of unsure where to begin first and foremost peer group that's the most that's the easiest thing to work on in environmental finding the right people mm. it's kind of hard at first but I mean, if you like go on YouTube, like for example, we watch Jordan Peterson, boom, right there. That's a good little peer group in a mm -hmm. minor way. Mm -hmm. You know, you might go look at the people who are like dominating the gym, find mentorship from them. You might find someone who's really good at, or basically to put it simply, 
what you want to be good at, find someone who's good at it, and they can guide you. That's the first solution right there. But the solution before that is, as you said, developing the mindfulness and awareness. But a lot of people don't tend to do that, especially due to our culture. You know, you're perfect just the way you are, and no one ever thinks about it. That's the saddest thing right there, Justin, is that they don't sit down and think about that, which is maybe why it's good that we have parents and people that hold you accountable. The peer group will help you see that, like, you know, you know, you want to go to the gym so badly, but you're eating McDonald's every day. Or, you know, you want to get in a good relationship, but you're spending four or five hours a day watching pornography when you should be out socializing with people. Or, you know, what hobbies do you have? Uh, video games and porn? Well, that's why your life is miserable. Mom, let's go to the gym. Let's go uh, take up this MMA class or go dancing and stuff like that. First off, it's always the peer group. Uh, mm -hmm. What's your opinion on the next step? So I 100% I agree because once I rid myself, see, this is something with the, the nuance of the peer group. Sometimes it's, it's more important to rid yourself of the toxic negativity before you add in the good group. Because for me, that's what happened. I, I didn't know I could improve because I was never alone. I spent all my time with either me and my girlfriend, which we were not working on ourselves, so that was toxic. And then me and my other friends, we were not working on ourselves, that was toxic. And once I, I said, you know what? I just noticed every time I left them, I felt negative. And I said, oh, enough of this. Like, I'm just gonna go recluse for a bit. And that's after that is when I started consuming the great podcast and watching good YouTube videos, which essentially is a peer group. And so I would say after that, we have to listen to the wisdom that's coming from these videos or podcasts or or threads that we're consuming on Twitter. Because there's one thing, this is something I see a lot. People love to be knowledgeable in today's age, but they don't like to execute. So a lot of the, the, my example immediately would be the fat doctor. Like he went and got his degree. He, he did eight years of medical medical school and now he's an MD, but he's overweight. What's going on there? It's like people love, they gain wisdom or they gain knowledge and they don't execute. So what I would say is you need to consume the right content and then figure out what needs to be done on a daily basis just to push you forward a little bit. Uh, the, the starting spot for me would just be going to the gym daily and cleaning up your diet. Once you clean up your nutritional structure and you turn it from a diet into a lifestyle, then you're, you're going to realize your mind's clearer. And with a clear mind, you ask good questions, you get good answers, and you start to figure out things yourself. So wh what do you think about that? Agreed on that. And at least the very least with developing the habits. If you get the habits in there and you do the right habits, eventually it becomes, as you mentioned, a lifestyle. And when it becomes a lifestyle, you can start changing things really dramatically. Heck, mm -hmm. even like 90 days of hitting the gym will drastically change a person's life. And then they start working on things like, okay, I'm still overweight. Let's go hit the diet. Okay, um, I'm not getting those gains I want. Uh, let me go find this person and listen to their advice some more. Oh, 
you know, I need to work out triceps more or I got to work out this part of my abs. And eventually it just snowballs into a beautiful change. And see, we let's hit on the importance of self-reflection because if you're not paying attention to the results you're receiving, then you won't know what, like I've watched this, I heard from Arnold in a documentary, he's like, well, I, I want, I can't impersonate him, but he wanted more doubts. So he does that exercise that gets him the doubts. It's, it's not rocket science, but see, the, the problem is that most people lack that awareness. So then I, I guess, how do we build our awareness and become more mindful? Number one, I would say to to really embrace being alone. It, it was one of the hardest things for me to do because I programmed myself through high school and a bit of community college to never want to be alone, never. And once I finally figured out, well, maybe I could just read 10 pages of a book and that's how I could occupy my 30 minutes right there. Or I could just meditate for five minutes. That's how I started. And it's you, if you're building habits, something that is so important, something that I've realized is you can never just drop a bad habit. What we got to do is identify that bad habit and then figure out something that is just a bit better to replace it, especially for nutrition. My progression with nutrition, it's taken so long to get where I am now, but I've raised my standards to a point where a treat for me is something like a piece of homemade bread. Meanwhile, a treat for me back in the day was some processed Oreos, GMOs that completely lead to cancer and that literally are bioengineered to be addictive. So my point really comes down to is slowly replace your habits and slowly incrementally day by day, make changes. Good things take time. They really, I don't want to push a message and imply to people that you can just become great overnight. Like have a reason for doing what you're doing and then just be consistent and have faith in yourself. No, no, what you don't want to become that's helped me so much oh yeah that old uh scrooge process as they call them you know think of yourself like 10 years 20 years 30 years in the future if you keep on doing these bad habits you know like as i need to got me thinking i need to work on my diet and weight and stuff some more but yeah imagine yourself like 10 years from now if you kept eating garbage all day just watch what it'll do to your health now you're sick you can't keep up with the kids anymore you struggle to get out of bed in the morning all that stuff yeah that's true man definitely with the habits but also it's not just the consistency of it but also deliberate action while also reflecting on the other bad habits you have while working on the habits you catch my drift i like that that phrase deliberate action i speak a lot about intentionality and this goes right along with presence, presence as an individual and presence as a parent. Like I, I used to do things, um, I would watch highlights or videos or listen to music while I'm eating. Now I've realized, hey man, and it's not always easy. Sometimes I definitely want to numb and distract myself just maybe because I'm in a bad mood or something. But when, when I just eat and just focus on that. I actually chew my food. Like so a, a tip for you guys is 
If you are struggling to be present, think about your senses, your touch, your hear, your taste, your see. Think, think about those physical sensations and that can help you bring you yourself back to the moment because oh my gosh i've gotten stuck in delusions of the future which i define as anxiety i'll, I'll just get trapped in my head not anymore but for a long time the past couple years that happened to me a lot and i didn't have the awareness to say hold up what are you doing right now and i would just those thoughts would transpire. Do, do you have any any similar feelings with that getting caught in your mind and and just those thoughts transpiring into more and more negativity? All the time, man. All the time, especially when I do something that's not good, like you know, like uh, if you mess up by like eating garbage or watching porn stuff. You know, if you're a type of person like me, you might what they do what they call catastrophizing. They start snowballing everything horribly like, oh, God, I watched this one video. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Or I ate this garbage food. And, you know, it, you, sometimes even unconsciously, like you just start sabotaging yourself so badly. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a primal thing. I'm no psychologist, but I feel you on that one, man. See, this is why the podcast, my title is Rewiring the Mind, because we have these unconscious habits that we we act out every day. And once we become aware of them, they become conscious. And from that point, we can specifically be intentional about changing the way that we think. And I, I really, I feel as if that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is to and what are the practices for that like changing the way that you think I, I the biggest and most simple thing i would say is your input correlates to your output so we need to guard and protect our energy like i i'm i wouldn't say i'm sensitive to toxic people but the moment i'm around negativity i'm like i have a nose for it and i'm like i gotta get out of here I'm not staying around because I know how it spreads like a virus. Oh yeah, unfortunately, heck, I myself fall into that negativity thing, which I need to work on. Heck, that's why I'm glad I'm with uh, my little mentor and her support group of positivity. Mm. God forbid, the worst, I learned the hard way, the worst thing you could be is a cynical, negative person because that is literally the recipe for constant stagnation and self-destruction, which definitely seems the case in today's society, in my opinion. And I'm not saying this as projection here, is that these days we got so many people, so many parts of media constantly promoting negativity and victimhood and stuff. And it ends up creating a very toxic environment of stagnation and self-sabotage. I mean, I, I can go on forever about that with politics, but you get my drift. Self-sabotage is such a important and deep topic. I, I feel as if I could speak for a long time about it because it, it's not simple. There are just millions of ways that we sabotage ourselves. And what, something I noticed, um, example, I don't do this often. I, I haven't done this in years and I only did it once or twice before I realized, hey, that's not something that <laughs> helps you. Getting into arguments with people 
through the comment section. That is just one of the most petty human activities that anyone can fall prone to. It, and it's, it's really disappointing to me because I know how many people do this. They just go in comment sections on videos and they spew out just negativity. It's like, you really don't have anything better to do. Really? You, and that just shows you, it shows the quality. You, if you're, you're at a degree of consciousness, you can, you can tell the quality of someone else's state of being through their actions. Like, if someone is in those comment sections, you just know for a fact that they're not investing in themselves. They're not working on themselves because someone who is does not allow themselves to fall to that level. So it really comes back to awareness. I, I don't think there's anything more important than being self-aware. And I got a funny story for that when I did that stupid crap on the comment section. <laughs> it's funny because one thing I learned about that is that if you know you, you only have 280 characters on twitter so on a tweet so you might say something that might be taken the wrong way by people and it turns out into a full-blown argument that's a harsh lesson i learned uh, you know maybe uh just don't you know take the bait there i mean i might just say my own thing like you know uh watch something on like only fans or something and i'll say my example like you know, this is why we should have good parents in the household. Don't allow something like this to happen. There's always going to be somebody that says something like that. But like you mentioned, if you let yourself not be aware of the spiral you're getting yourself into, you're going to kind of look stupid on the comment threads. I started looking back at some of the mistakes I made a couple weeks or months ago. Looking at that, I'm just sitting here like, that was completely pointless. And I don't think anybody learned anything from that. I like that self-reflection and I've caught myself doing like we, we it, it's cool to have a bit of spontaneous spontaneous action where you don't want to be too predictable but you also you kind of want to double check yourself something I've realized is especially feeling responsible for the message that I'm sharing before I post things I kind of always make sure I double check just make a quick reassessment. And this could, it reminds me of being in a relationship with a partner. Emotions are inevitable. You're, you're going to have disagreements. But something that I know I'm going to carry into my next relationship is that awareness to recognize, okay, my emotions are risen right now. I'm just, hey, just give me five minutes. I'm going to go for a little walk, a stroll. I'll come back and let's let's talk about this. But right now I'm not <clears throat> in the right state of mind to handle this properly. It, it's amazing what taking five minutes for yourself can do. But you don't take five minutes if you don't recognize that you are an emotional, irrational being. And yeah. Now that makes me want to go back to my mentors program on relationships i even though i'm single i do need to prepare for that because there's a lot of maturity and reflection like you mentioned that you will need in a relationship that a lot of us don't have these days i mean a lot of us i always say this all the time that the modern relationship now has turned more into a narcissistic power play rather than an authentic relationship now you know we got reptiles talking about 
you know, establish masculine frame and lay down the law or on the more radical, the feminist side, they'll be like, use sex as a tool and stuff like that. They don't, there's no talk about like how to be present, which is something I learned from my mentor here, which, you know, presence is like extremely important. Be able to feel the other person's emotions as oftentimes they don't really even want solutions, but simply just to be heard. And oh. that's definitely something I need to learn. Being a good listener has to be one of the most underrated skills on in, in today's world. Like that is what people want. People want to be heard. And I think we're we're helping younger and people our age, people older, through through spreading this message and interacting in direct messages. I've had multiple people just thank me for listening to them. And, and and that makes me feel good. I'm glad to listen to people because I know how how good it feels when people just deeply listen to you rather than creating, thinking of what you're going to say while you're hearing or, or listening, just to fully be be loose, to, to look, to listen to that person you're speaking with as if they know something that you don't. And that's that's not always easy. See, everything I say serves as a reminder to myself. But I took a little note, the yin and yang. Uh, it's absolutely crazy how delusional people look at relationships nowadays. Like they, they have it so twisted with with the with the characteristics that you mentioned, like everyone, not everyone, but most people seem to be so far in either extreme that they've lost touch with the true balance of see um we have masculine and feminine inside of us and this is interesting how life life uh i don't i don't know the right phrase for it but this concept of a man so masculine that he's not afraid to seem feminine that's powerful because a, a girl really wants a man who, like you mentioned, can understand emotions, can listen, but can also protect her and, and provide and be a strong man. See, I think, and this is what happens with women too, if you get too much of a, a boss woman, a man has no interest in that. Sure, it's cool to be responsible as a woman. That's awesome. But you stray too far to either extreme as a man or a woman and you're messing up. We, we need to figure out this exquisite balance. It's not simple, but it's a good aim. Shoot. I got me thinking about some reflections of uh, people I've commented on. Well, I do have some minor disagreements with uh, the masculine feminine thing. There is definitely a lot of truth when you mention that we all have feminine energy in us. Heck, my mentor himself uh, Dr. David Tian emphasized that you can't neglect the feminine side of a man because without that feminine plug that we have, how the heck are we going to connect with women? I mean, I love being like the masculine dude, you know, lumberjack, chopping down trees, eat beef jerky, <laughs> look like the dominant. I want a submissive female and stuff like that. And I'll be the powerful leader that takes over the world and stuff. But, 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 when it comes to your wife or your child, you know, your daughter and stuff, if you have no amount of feminine energy within you, you can't make bridge that gap between them. 
you basically become as like a mindless animal at times mm. you know on the feminine side you become as just an over emotional you know easily controlled person mm-hmm. yeah. and it's, it's nuanced man we we will never have it perfect but i love that point it's not just about understanding your your wife's emotions but if you want to be a good father you're going to have to learn how to be gentle a gentle leader you can't just be yelling at your 2-year-old let's go like that's not how it's going to work so we need to figure out it's it's this confusing and unclear foggy line of understanding when to be what and I, I don't think there's any step-by-step solution. I feel as if the best way to do this is to self-reflect, to put in the work daily on your mind, your body, your business, your spirit, to live a balanced life, not to get too obsessed with any area. See, I love this idea. I heard it yesterday. Balance physical and practical success with emotional and spiritual understanding. You don't want to be that yogi who lives in a cave and doesn't have any money, but you don't want to be that egotistical business guy who has no depth, who's just a shallow materialistic dweeb, really. It's it's not simple. I don't I I will never try and make it seem like, "Oh, here's step 1, 2, 3 and 4" cuz it's not that simple. No, it isn't. I mean, if we're talking about masculine and feminine, I could give some recommendations, but it's not going to be 100% easy because masculinity and femininity growing into a mature version is always going to be a lifelong journey. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think about what my mentors tell me, like, you know, if you want to hit like the more masculine side, do stuff like MMA and stuff like that to hit that more aggressive side. But when it comes to stuff like understanding your more feminine side, do stuff like dancing, meditation, arts socializing if you get all that together which i come to realize when i think about my mentors and their teachings you would actually become a very ideal man or woman in today's society because most you know modern person these days are either on a toxic level of one or the other mm-hmm. but you know even in today's society you know the strong independent man or woman we all need that emotional connection so as a man, if you have that ability to hit some of the feminine side, like dancing, articulate talking, like method acting, that's a skill one. Know how to be more spontaneous, you know, learn how to be more vulnerable without violating emotional boundaries. You become basically a powerful person in today's society. You reminded me, and we can wrap up here. You reminded me of how Jordan Peterson says, be be physically deadly, but also know how to articulate yourself well how to speak and write well because when you do both of those like you said you're you're pretty much damn unstoppable um i I appreciated this conversation absolutely had a blast man if you you what do you want to leave them off with and then we could link and mention your twitter so any of the audience who wants to learn more about you can go to there Ooh, what i want to say to people um, there's a lot of things I want to say to people, <laughs> what to, who to avoid and who to avoid and what to do and what people to follow, like, you know, follow you, for example. Um, what's the best thing I could say? Don't be afraid 
to steer away from what is popular. As Zuby Music said, now his, you know, Zuby, popularity is not always the truth. After all, you know, I can tell you get away from vice and everything. I can tell you stop watching porn, you know, stop doing the soy boy thing, stop doing the feminist or red pill stuff. No, it's just to develop the awareness to know that what you see in today's society that's extremely popular is not always what's best for you. Sometimes the old school ways that our parents taught us might be the thing that we just needed in life. That's the one thing I want to leave them off with. Now, as for my Twitter handle, it's just at the liberated one. I just talk about masculinity, quitting porn, personal freedom, anything that's on my mind, to be honest. <laughs> just trying to create a nation of uh, more accountable, responsible men that don't have some sort of shame-driven hatred for everybody around them. You know, healthy masculinity reflected off of my mentors. That's basically what I am. Cheers, man. I appreciate you. I'm wishing you a great day, and I look forward to furthering our connection. This was absolutely a blast. Definitely was, and wow, this hour went by way too fast. Holy crap. That's a good sign. I, that's one of the indicators for continue to do that. You know, as long as it's void of downside, having a good conversation, this it always makes time go fast. And we got to pay attention to those healthy things that make time go by fast. The gym does that for me too. That power of power of flow, that's what they called it. Oh, yeah. I got to read that book. I have it on my shelf. Um, flow by... I am not going to try to pronounce the author's name, but it's a great book. I listened to it on audio version once and I, I was like, okay, time to get the physical copy. I got to get back to book reading. I need to get back to education in general. I've been feeling too brutish these days anyway. And you, you know, like we mentioned, just start slow, 10 pages a day, something small like that, build into it. I'll be sure to. So I thank you much, Justin, for having me on your podcast and for the very educational experiences. Got me uh, reflecting myself already. <laughs> that makes me happy, man. I'm glad to hear. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. You take care, Justin, and have a good day, man. You too, man.